2: Good Wednesday morning. An historic and massive settlement in that Fox defamation case. Fox News forced to acknowledge a court finding about its lies and
3: paying big. It is April 19th. This is today. Last minute deal. Fox News agreeing to one of the biggest defamation payouts in history, nearly $800 million to Dominion voting systems over the lies it aired about the 2020 election. The truth matters. Lies have consequences. Just ahead, what brought the two sides to the table moments before opening statements were to begin, and what it means for the lawsuits the network still faces this morning. Deadly disaster, new video emerging overnight showing what appears to be the terrifying moment a New York City parking garage collapses. At least one person killed, several others injured as floors toppled, cars piling on top building started shaking, and it felt kind of like an earthquake. This morning, the frantic rescue effort and the investigation into what went wrong. Misfire, another shocking shooting. Two high school cheerleaders in Texas who accidentally approached the wrong car thinking it was theirs, shot by the driver, one of the victims in critical condition, the other speaking out. He pulled
4: out a gun, I and mean, he just started shooting at all of us
3: inside the investigation and the overnight arrest. All shook up why turbulence on flights is now more common than ever and expected to get even worse. All that, plus Netflix says chill. New details on when the streaming giant's password crackdown will begin. And come back, kid. The Bills' DeMar Hamlin cleared to play football again just months after his stunning collapse on the field.
5: This event was life-changing. But it's not the end of my story.
3: His inspiring new message ahead of his remarkable return. Every year, there is a comeback player of the year
6: awarded. The voting is over. Uh, The voting is over.
3: Wednesday, April 19th, 2023.
4: From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cutby. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller
2: Plaza.
3: Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Nice to have you with us on a
2: Wednesday morning. Nice to have good news to report about. DeMar Hamlin's return to football. Boy, who would have thought all those months ago that this man would be getting back on the field? But there he is, and we're happy for him. We're going to have a lot more on DeMar just ahead. But let us begin with that massive settlement in that landmark trial, one of the largest defamation payouts in history dominion voting systems and fox news reaching a
3: 787.5 million dollar settlement in the voting machine company's case against the media giant the deal sparing fox from what would have been a very high profile trial with some of the network's own stars likely testifying we've got the details covered let's start with nbc stephanie gosk at the courthouse in wilmington delaware steph good morning
0: Hey, good morning, Savannah. This defamation trial was over before it even began. We came in from a lunch break yesterday expecting opening statements. Instead, there was more than a two hour delay. The judge finally came in and said they had reached a settlement and a trial that was supposed to last five or six weeks was just suddenly over. But Fox's legal jeopardy is not. There is another defamation lawsuit looming. Before the opening statements or any witness could take the stand, it was over. Fox and Dominion have reached an historic settlement. Fox News agreed to pay Dominion voting systems a staggering $787.5 million, just under half of the damages claimed in the lawsuit. Dominion's attorneys speaking to a crowd of reporters outside the courthouse. The truth matters. Lies have consequences. Dominion's legal team says there will be no on-air apologies or retractions on Fox News. We're pleased to. The network breaking into their broadcast to cover the landmark agreement.
5: Fox and Dominion have indeed settled.
0: In a statement, Fox writes, We are hopeful that our decision to resolve this dispute with Dominion amicably instead of the acrimony of a divisive trial allows the country to move forward. Dominion accused the network of spreading lies about its voting machines, citing 20 statements alleging massive fraud made in the weeks and months following the election.
7: The Dominion machine that's as filled
6: with holes as Swiss cheese.
0: Pressure on Fox was building as documents in the case had already brought revelations about some of the network's biggest stars and their private opinions. For example, the documents show that anchor Tucker Carlson had texted his producer in November of 2020, the software expletive is absurd. One of his broadcasts from three months later was part of the case.
8: I dare Dominion to sue me because then it would get out faster. So this is it, you know they don't. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want no, to they say don't. they
0: just. On Tuesday, Fox acknowledged the recent court ruling that certain statements it broadcast about Dominion were false. It did not admit to actual malice, spreading lies knowingly or with reckless disregard for the truth. That is what Dominion was going to have to prove in court. But Fox's legal troubles are not over. Smartmatic, a voting technology company like Dominion, has also filed a similar defamation lawsuit against Fox News, asking for two point seven billion in damages. Fox has denied the allegations and called the alleged damages outrageous. Smartmatics case is based in New York. Fox lost a challenge to get it thrown out on appeal. So far there's no there's no date set for that trial, Savannah.
3: All right, Stephanie, thanks. Let's turn to NBC senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning. I, I think the big question is why did it take so long yeah. to settle? Fox News has already suffered the embarrassment of its major hosts being exposed as not even believing the lies that they were telling viewers about the 2020 election and Dominion voting systems. And it already got all, all this far and is still paying, you know, a, nearly billion. For so a billion dollars. So why settle now?
9: For a company that's only worth about $80 million. So obviously the payout is enormous. And remember, defica- defamation cases are always risky. You have to show not only did they put false things on the air, that they knew they were false at the time and that they did it anyway. It's a high bar and a jury trial is always risky. And so you can understand for this company, it was worth to get that payout, yeah. right? And not take the risk at trial. And those two things had made the case unusual, the false statement were so absurd to begin with, and you got all this mountain of discovery that is so unusual, really, it gave Dominion so much more leverage. It was
3: an odd defamation case in the sense that in a summary judgment ruling, before one bit of the trial started, the court said it is an undisputed fact that these were lies, undisputed fact that these were false statements. But look, it's a settlement, which means no side gets everything they want. A a big win for Fox News is that it did not have to do... um, on-air on apology, which there had been some reports that that's what Dominion wanted.
9: And that's why perhaps the person that loses the most is the viewing public in this, right? Because no host who actually did engage in any of those falsehoods has to go on air and say, I lied to you on purpose, and I knew that I was lying at the time. And so the viewers walk away with this not knowing any of that. The viewers might not be reading about all of the details of this. They may not even know that there are emails with these hosts saying we knew it was all a lie. And so you wonder about the public accountability. But again, remember, Dominion is a private company. This case was not brought by a state attorney general who's standing up for democracy. This is a private company that now has an enormous amount of money in its pocket.
3: Absolutely. And there are other lawsuits. There's another, actually a bigger lawsuit from a company called Smartmatic. I think they're asking for $2.6 billion. $2.7 billion. Now, I mean, strictly speaking, it's not uh, relevant to this case, what just happened in Dominion. But as a practical matter, do you think that brings Fox to the table for settlement a little
9: earlier? I would think that they might decide uh, to try to wrap this up before all of that ugly discovery comes out again, because Dominion has essentially written the playbook now on how to get all of that material to come out. And the case isn't as far along. I don't think there's even a trial date set, but certainly you can see sort of the forecast of where this would go. All right, Laura, thank you very much. Appreciate
2: it. All right, guys. Uh, Also this morning, the investigation is just getting started into that deadly parking garage collapse right here in New York. Several floors suddenly giving way, killing at least one person. Several others were hurt. NBC's Ann Thompson joins us from the scene in lower Manhattan. Hey, Annie, good morning.
7: Good morning, Hoda. All around, you can hear the sounds of Lower Manhattan getting back to work this morning, but I can tell you last evening, all you heard were sirens, ambulances and fire trucks as they raced to the scene. Six people were inside that building. One person died, five were injured, four went to the hospital, one person refused medical treatment. This morning, now it's investigators' jobs to figure out just what happened. Terrifying moments after a deadly collapse of a parking garage in New York City Tuesday, killing one person, injuring five others. A source familiar with the investigation confirmed this footage is being reviewed as part of the probe. Reported a parking garage, a collapse, had an explosion,
10: uh, reported people trapped inside.
7: Officials say the second floor of the five-story building collapsed into the first floor. The top floor then crumbling and careening into the cellar, creating a pancake collapse. Firefighters racing to the scene just after 4 p.m., but rescuers were pulled out for safety concerns just after they began searching for survivors.
8: This was a, an extremely dangerous operation for our firefighters. The building was continuing to collapse. We made the decision to remove all our people from the building.
7: An FDNY robotic dog was then used to analyze the scene and make sure no one else was inside. This cell phone video captured moments after the collapse... ...shows students from nearby Pace University scrambling to exit their classes. The building started shaking, and it felt kind of like an earthquake.
6: I thought it was like an attack, and we were freaking out.
7: The New York City Department of Buildings confirming the parking garage had four open violations prior to collapse. Despite those violations, police officials say the structural collapse appears to be a tragic accident, and no criminality is suspected at this time. Now, this morning, investigators will meet to try to figure out how they're going to approach this building. Right now, they're thinking the first thing they'll do is take out the cars and then start to take down the building. But officials tell us they expect this investigation to be a long one because of the extreme instability of that structure. Hoda. All right. Ann Thompson for us there in lower Manhattan. Annie, thank you.
3: And now to that shocking new case of gun violence, two high school cheerleaders in Texas recovering this morning after they were shot when they mistakenly tried to get into the wrong car at a parking lot. This is the latest of a string of shootings in the headlines this week. We have two reports. We'll start with NBC's Morgan Chesky in Dallas. Morgan, good morning.
5: Yes, Savannah, good morning. And this is a shooting that has left a small Texas community absolutely stunned. We have learned, as you mentioned, that these two cheerleaders were wounded. And this morning, for the first time, one of them is sharing her experience. In Elgin, Texas, an outpouring of support for a beloved cheerleader whose team says was injured in a shocking shooting Monday night that may have been over a misunderstanding. According to NBC's affiliate KPRC, the shooting happened when a group of cheerleaders stopped at a grocery store and one of the group accidentally tried to get into the wrong car. She spoke out overnight.
4: I was trying to apologize to him. I just, halfway my window was down, so he just threw his hands up and then he pulled out a gun. And he just started shooting at all
5: of us. Overnight, Elgin police arrested and charged Pedro Tello Rodriguez Jr., who they say fired into a vehicle after an altercation in a grocery store parking lot. Authorities say one victim had serious injuries and was helicoptered to a hospital. A local gym owner says that was Peyton Washington, a young cheerleader well-known in the community.
9: She's won every title there is to win in all-star cheerleading. She's literally a role model for the kids in this industry throughout the country. Everybody knows her.
5: Friends posting on social media calling for support and prayers for the high schooler. It's one of several shootings to gain national attention recently. In rural upstate New York, 20-year-old Kaylin Gillis was shot and killed Saturday night when the SUV she was in accidentally pulled in to the wrong driveway. Investigators say Kevin Monahan walked out of his home and fired two shots at the vehicle. He is pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder. And the boyfriend of Gillis, Blake Walsh, tells NBC News exclusively that he just wants the world to know how good of a person that she was. Meanwhile, regarding that shooting in Elgin, Texas, we have reached out to the suspect. But as of right now, we have yet to hear back. Savannah.
2: All right, Morgan, thank you very much. It's 713. Craig's here with the story of yet
8: another shooting. Yeah, another shooting. Uh, Savannah Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. The 84-year-old homeowner charged in the shooting of a Kansas City teenager who rang his doorbell is out on bond, but he is doing court later today. Meanwhile, there was a powerful show of support for 16-year-old Ralph Jarl at his high school yesterday. Embassy's Maggie Vespa is in Kansas City for us. Maggie, good morning to you.
4: Hey Craig, good morning. Yeah, after uh, hours, excuse me, Andrew Lester posting $200,000 bail, hours after turning himself into police yesterday. Now today, he is set to face a judge for the first time this afternoon. This is so many, as you said, in Kansas City and beyond rally behind that 16 year old boy who was just beginning to heal.
11: From crowds
4: in downtown Kansas City. Oh my God, this is somebody that I know. to 1,500 high school students walking out to honor their classmate and demand justice. We support you, Ralph. We want to be there for you. 84-year-old Andrew Lester set to be arraigned today on felony charges, including first-degree assault for allegedly shooting the black teen boy who rang his doorbell Thursday. 16-year-old Ralph Yarl now recovering at home.
11: Ralph is doing really, really well. He's loving the love that he's getting from everyone.
4: The bullets to his arm and head, families say, leaving him with a traumatic brain injury and a cracked skull. The family's attorney says the high school junior and marching band standout was trying to pick up his younger brothers when he accidentally went to the wrong home. Prosecutors say there's a racial component in the case. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump pushing for hate crime charges.
8: Where are we coming to in America when young people hit the wrong doorbell and you profile and shoot them.
4: According to court documents, Andrew Lester told detectives that he saw a black male approximately six feet tall pulling on the exterior storm door handle, believing someone was attempting to break in and that he was scared to death. Ralph's family says he only rang the doorbell and never tried to break
5: in. Ralph says that he was shot through the screen door at point blank range.
4: The family says Ralph, wounded, ran for his life, begging neighbors for help, one ordering him to lie on the ground and put his hands up. James Lynch, hearing the commotion, says he ran and waited with the teen until paramedics arrived.
6: To lay there in the street alone and scared and bleeding, that's awful.
4: And according to court documents, shortly after the shooting, Andrew Lester was, quote, visibly upset and repeatedly expressing concern for the victim. We are expecting his arraignment today to be virtual, and prosecutors say he
12: faces a maximum penalty of life in prison. Craig.
11: All right.
8: Maggie Vesper for Maggie, thank you.
12: Hey, uh, what well, we do have wrong with is some severe weather that's going to be deli- uh, developing during the day today. Right now, some heavy showers and thunderstorms moving through southern Minnesota. This is a slow-moving front, low-pressure system that's going to be tracking through the plains. Today, we've got a risk of severe weather from Omaha, Ottumwa, down to Wichita, even Oklahoma City. The biggest risk Two inch hail from Salina, Kansas, Wichita down to Oklahoma City. Then tomorrow, this system moves further east and down into the south. We got a risk of severe weather for Dallas, Idabel, on into Poplar Bluffs. We're looking at a risk of a big hail, two inches or more, from Dallas all the way down to Lufkin. And then we move into Friday. That heavy rain extends from Indiana to Louisiana, with a, again a risk of severe weather down through Houston and Lufkin. And we could be looking at an isolated tornado, but the risk is fairly low. Anywhere from two to three inches of rain in the mid-Mississippi River Valley, so we'll be watching that for the potential of some localized flash flooding. And that's your latest weather, guys.
2: Alright, Al, uh, thanks. Still ahead, big changes just announced by Netflix. Jacob Soberoff's got that story, including new details on that password crackdown. Hey, Jacob.
6: Hi, Hoda. Good morning. I hate to say it, but it is almost time to stop sharing. we got the timeline on all that and what you're supposed to do with those Netflix DVDs. If you still have those lying around, we'll tell you coming up. Who still has a DVD? I didn't, DVD. No, I didn't a, know they
12: did that. A surprising number Just
6: of folks. Saying,
3: okay. I keep them with my oh, okay, Guys, also had <laughs> an inside look at today's historic hearing on Capitol Hill, focusing on UFOs. Oh. Are they really out there? We're going to introduce you to the Pentagon official now leading the investigation. But first, this is today on NBC. The
5: truth is- of the
2: Back now, seven thirty. Live look at the White House. Okay, well, remember what happened yesterday? I don't know if y'all saw that, but a toddler squeezed right through that fence. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious! At the White House, it <laughs> led to a quick Secret Service response. The officers <laughs> reunited the, the curious kid with his thankful parents, <sighs> oh. and you know the kid's got a, a story to tell. You'd always not be like, so remember it. that time I was behind bars? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
8: uh, sure. We're actually going to start this half hour with some more news out of Washington, a congressional hearing. Today, and this is a hearing that's drawing more attention than most. People. Yeah, uh, the reason is because it's
2: actually about UFOs, the UFO phenomenon. Like that NBC Morning uh, News now anchor Joe Fryers here with more. Hey, Joe. Morning. Hey.
1: hey there. Good morning. And I come in peace. As for those mysterious objects that have been seen by members of the U.S. military, well, those in many cases are still unknown. But today, Congress hopes to get more answers from defense officials who are looking to identify those mysterious flying objects. There's a whole fleet of them. For just the second time in more than fifty years, Congress is holding a hearing on
11: UFOs.
1: (laughs) Today lawmakers are set to question a top defense official who's in charge of analyzing those mysterious happenings in the skies. The thing is, we've been here before. Last year, Congress held a similar hearing, which left lawmakers with more questions than answers. Pentagon officials showed this brief clip with just a few frames of an object they classified as Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAP. That's government speak for UFOs.
6: I do not have an explanation for what this this specific uh, uh, object is.
1: Since then, intelligence officials count of reported UAP sightings has exploded from 144 to 510. While many of the new sightings were determined to be balloons, drones, or birds, nearly half of them remain unexplained.
9: This work must continue and it must be fully funded because we still don't have all the answers.
1: Senator Kirsten Gillibrand is chairing the subcommittee that will question Sean Kirkpatrick. He's the director of something called the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which was established last summer by the Pentagon. This hearing comes about a month after Kirkpatrick co-authored a paper with an out-of-this-world theory that offers one explanation as to why UFOs would be attracted to our planet and are frequently seen over the ocean. What was Splashed. splashed. The authors write extraterrestrial probes may use liquid water as their fuel. This would explain why they would target the habitable region around stars like the Earth.
3: Those are theories.
9: My job as a senator is to get to the bottom and to know facts.
1: (laughs) Now those eyes on the skies are shifting to D.C. as Congress seeks clarity on what has yet to be explained. Okay. I
3: mean, and the <laughs> ominous ringing of the bell. I heard that at the end of the story. Joe, so what do you expect to get? You know, well, this Senator
1: Gillibrand today? says, I mean, obviously they're not going to get tons of answers right away, but a big thing she'd like to know is can the U.S. do a better job of detecting these UAPs and then just collecting more information about mm-hmm. them? Recordings of these mysterious objects are pretty limited right now. Obviously, the Pentagon says, that makes it tough to figure out exactly what they are.
8: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, so Thank I you, like Thank this, you. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Yeah. <laughs> now to a major announcement from Netflix. We've told you about the streaming giant's plan to crack down on password sharing. And now we know a bit more about the timeline. The company had an earnings call yesterday and revealed some of that. NBC's Jacob Soboroff joins us with that story. Jacob, Good morning.
6: Hey, Savannah, good morning to you. Netflix has been the go-to streamer for hundreds of millions of Americans for over a decade, but now the company's looking for new ways to boost revenue and stay competitive. That means some big changes are ahead. Whether you're binging the buzziest show
5: what is your prop, what?
6: or rewatching an old favorite, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the itch, and now you've got to get it back. Sharing passwords is a blockbuster problem for Netflix.
10: And that's lost revenue for them. And, and they're now looking to collect.
6: Months after warning password sharing was officially on borrowed time, Netflix now announcing the domestic crackdown will happen in the second quarter, which ends in June. We're looking to
1: uh, reaccelerate our revenue growth. That's the path that we're on right now.
6: And while the reaction on social media was swift, paid sharing plans are already happening in some countries, including Canada. And so far, the company says the changes have been profitable as users have to declare a primary location for their account and can add others for an additional fee. Take a list of the movies you want to see, and in about one business day, you'll get three DVDs. The streaming powerhouse also announcing last call for its DVD-by-mail service and those iconic red envelopes, which will end in September after 25 years and more than 5 billion DVD deliveries. Netflix tweeting, thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. And all of you at home, you haven't missed a thing. It comes just days after the Love is Blind live stream delay. Netflix apologizing during Tuesday's earnings call explaining the glitch was caused by a technical bug that surfaced after their first ever live event, last month's Chris Rock special. We'll learn from it and we'll get better. And, you know, it, it, we, we, we do have the fundamental infrastructure that we need. That infrastructure will be under an intense microscope as streaming services constantly compete for eyeballs and new sources of revenue.
10: Netflix can't just ride on its coattails anymore. It is going to have to figure out new ways to grow. So, one point that
6: Netflix did make during their earnings call is that so far, what they've been seeing during the password sharing crackdowns elsewhere are some users canceling at first, but eventually they sign up for their own accounts, they bring others onto them as well. We'll see how it goes here in the States sometime over the next few months. And I guarantee you, actually, that I have some of those DVDs laying around my house somewhere. (laughs) So I'm going to go home uh, and look right now. We wondered where those were. Yeah,
3: now
2: we know. Thank you, Jacob. (laughs) Thank
6: you. Bye, guys.
2: Still ahead, he is back in the game. The Bills' DeMar Hamlin cleared to play football again. That's just months after he collapsed on the field. What he is now revealing about the cause. And he's got an inspiring message for fans.
8: First up, Tom Costello looking into flight turbulence this morning and the reasons that turbulence appears to be getting worse, Tom.
10: Yeah, Craig, you know, we've been working on, on this for a few weeks. In fact, the research says turbulence is getting worse, and the reason, climate change. The predictions for the future, the bottom line, buckle up and strap in. We'll have that story when we come
9: back.
3: We're back 741 in-depth today as we mark Earth Week. This morning, we're looking at how climate change is actually impacting the way we travel.
8: Researchers in the United States and Britain say that air turbulence has gotten worse. NBC's Tom Costello has been looking into this for weeks now. Tom, The Wall Street Journal and others have been reporting on the science here as well,
10: right? Yeah, that's right. Listen, the bottom line here is a turbulence, they say, according to the experts, has gotten worse in recent years, and they blame carbon dioxide emissions that are warming the planet. And these experts are also predicting that in the years ahead, it will likely become even more severe, especially if you're traveling cross-country or going to Europe. It happens every single day, 5,500 times each year. Severe turbulence can send service carts, food, drinks, and passengers flying. Do we
11: have any trained medical personnel?
10: Sometimes causing serious injuries, lacerations, broken bones, and concussions.
12: I saw like a few, like a handful of people with lacerations on their head and blood.
10: Seven were injured in March when a Lufthansa flight from Texas to Germany hit severe turbulence over Tennessee. On board, actor Matthew McConaughey, who talked about it on Kelly Ripa's podcast.
1: It was a hell of a scare. A complete loss of control.
10: Atmospheric researchers in the U.S. and Britain say so-called clear air turbulence has only gotten more severe over the decades. Turbulence is increasing, and it's because of climate change. Um, So we know that the amount of wind shear in the jet
1: stream is now 15% stronger than it was when satellites first began observing it in the 1970s.
10: And researcher Paul Williams predicts turbulence will get two to three times worse in the years to come, affecting flights at high altitudes in the northern hemisphere.
6: There's been no noticeable increase in the jet stream winds across the northern hemisphere. But what we are seeing is that the differentiating in height, that's where we're seeing the winds changing different directions. And that's when you get the clear turbulence in the bumpy flights.
10: Clear air turbulence is invisible to radar. Most pilots rely on fellow pilots' radio reports to know where it is. If you imagine the the airflow over this wing experiencing a sudden updraft, this wing will be pushed up violently and instantaneously, and, and the airplane will tilt to the left. On commercial planes, flight attendants who are up and about suffer 78% of the injuries. Skies have
7: definitely gotten more turbulent, and during the course of my 26 year career, uh, turbulence was always the biggest threat on the job.
9: I will say seatbelts, seatbelts, seatbelts. That is the most important part of this.
8: It's fascinating. So, I mean, Tom, with the turbulence yeah. getting worse, any actual risk to the
10: planes themselves? Commercial planes these days are made very structurally sound, and they can withstand turbulence. Military planes, commercial planes, by the way, when they do the tests, these big plane makers, they literally bend the play, the wings back to pull the back and mimic the torque and the g-forces, and you would think that the wings would snap off. They don't. They absolutely remain connected, and the structure of the plane remains very, very solid. So the planes themselves are, are built to withstand this.
8: All right, Tom Costello for us there at Reagan National. Tom, thank you. Wow, oh, wow.
3: Keep the seatbelt on. You yeah, know, don't move that around. around. Yeah. yeah. Bottom line. All right, That's what right. you
12: got, Al? Well, we've got some warm weather out there, but it depends on where you are. For example, uh, we take a look out west. So far this year, it's a much cooler than average year so far. But in the east, it's much warmer than average. In fact, uh, so far we've got forty cities through april 18th that are at their warmest start to the year ever from worcester to new york to lexington tupelo pensacola down to uh, uh, tampa and look at how warm it is down in florida and in fact you come here into the northeast through April 18th, we've so far got the warmest April in record for Newark and New York, Baltimore, Harrisburg up into Albany, down to Wallops Island, and Washington, D.C. as well. And expanding warmth today, Kansas City near 80, 84, Oklahoma City, Norfolk 77. Tomorrow, that warmth from New York City, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Nashville, you're gonna be at 85. Then as we get into the weekend temperatures cool down, Cleveland, Friday, you're at 73 by Sunday, 50. Washington, D.C., 90 on Friday, 60. 64 on Sunday and Cincinnati 72 Friday 50 by Sunday and that is your latest winner. I- Thank you, Al. Thank you. All right, guys, we're right. coming up now on Pop Star. Savannah, I'm sorry. But I don't to say sorry yet? What? Because that might be telling. But I've got some major news about Yellowstone. It sounds Uh-oh. like a future good. of Yellowstone. Oh, stuff, okay. Out there. All of that coming up. Yellowstone. Kevin Costner. What the heck is going on? Oh. Oh. We'll give it. I
3: don't I get like,
2: ready. Some I don't like your tone here. I'm mean, scared. All right, and then Harry Smith. He's going one on one with comedy icon Carol Burnett ahead of a star-studded tribute to celebrate her 90th birthday.
11: What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The, holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The, make a splash all summer kind of fun. The, I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find, for the fun of it, kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. Kings Island is now open
4: weekends.